week's vault nfl podcast how are you james i'm excellent dan how are you i'm good i'm good Joining i don't, the studio i have no idea who that is i uh, that was that that intro was a little bit longer because i like that bit where the bass starts getting a bit uh, yeah, a bit into it All yeah right. who was that i'll give you his name mm-hmm. mr mince mr mince yeah played for the cowboys no idea uh it was a uh, jeremy mincy he did two years. Jeremy Mincy, Jaguar's defensive end as yep, well. Yep, Jag for ages. That wasn't too bad. I've heard worse. No, he um, it was all right. While he was at the Jags, he started a music studio, and that was what. That's what he produced. Ago, so yeah. Wow, there you so go. There you go. Um, yep. So that's our our music for the week. You know, keeping the the Cowboys theme. Um, quick updates. You know, if you if you like what we're. Uh, what we're doing if you want to read some of the stuff by especially uh lewis glover's been writing some fantastic stuff fantasy wise um you can always find it on our website we post it all on facebook but our website is the vault studio.com.au um you can follow us on instagram you can follow us on twitter twitter's pretty active um we've been we've been tweeting a lot lately we've been trying to get way more active on twitter not just facebook Yes, tweets have been going through the roof. They have. We've been we've been very happy, and um, I just wanted to say something. I don't know if it's going to happen again this week, but to all the people li- listening to us in the Netherlands, thank you. The Netherlands. Our second biggest listens to the podcast last week was the Netherlands. I wondered. Well, there you go. They do like football over there. Beats me. It went Australia, the Netherlands, the U.S. So I was like, okay, fair enough. There you go. Thank you to our second biggest continent. Yep. Very exciting. We'll have to make a trip there to check it out, check it out and meet our fans. Yeah, absolutely. Reach yep. out to us. We'll we'll organize this. Yeah, for sure. Um, today we'll just we'll go through the news. We'll do update on preseason, and then we're talking NFC. Was it NFC West, West today? today? Yep, I wrote it up and forgot instantly. Pretty good uh, division, actually. Should be pretty pretty good chat. Should be go through all the thing, but I think. What everyone's waiting for, and they I are. know we've had a lot of people message to ask yeah, us absolutely. what our big announcement was this week. I'm going to let you do the honors, Dan. All right. So, starting September 9th, so that's a Sunday, September 9th, every Sunday for the foreseeable future, we'll be doing a live show from 7 to 7.45 at the Sporting Globe Richmond. Yeah. Big news. Big news. So... They've got on board with us, yep. so we're going to have to get everyone, all our Melbourne friends are going to have to come and watch. 
um, yep. every week. There's yep. going to be vouchers to give out. Yep. Um, and we hope this is the start of a really, really awesome partnership. Yep. We are we are looking very forward to it, and we're also trying to figure out how we're going to make it work. But what we can say is it's not going to be this podcast, what you're listening to now. No, it's going very to different. be lots of crowd participation, Facebook participation. Like I said, we've got vouchers. We've got all sorts of stuff lined up. It'll be a lot different. I guarantee you're going to enjoy it. Um, and if you don't, then you can, you know, you can see James, not me. Yeah, you can talk to me. Yep. But you're going to enjoy it. You're and if you it. come along, you're going to get a chance to win some drink cards. Yep. Potentially a voucher at the end. It, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very lucrative for yourself too. And it'll be a bit of fun. Yep. We'll have a beer. Um, we work out how the live recording. The difficulty we're going to have is the actual live recording of getting that up. Yep. Um, just because we don't know what the Sporting Globe have set up yet. We're visiting them later yep. this week, so we'll be able to work that out. But I'm sure there's nothing we can't work out. But no. yeah, I think the biggest thing is a thank you, one, to the Sporting Globe yep. for getting on board with us. Um, and two, to all our fans who listen and watch and get involved every week because without you guys doing that, um, the Sporting Globe wouldn't even look at us. So the fact that we have people who consistently watch and comment and are a part of our Vault Studio family, uh, that's why we're able to do things like this. So the more you guys support us, the more you watch, the more you follow, the more you like, the more you share, um, the more sort of this stuff is going to come our way and the more we can produce to you guys. So I think yep. a big thank you goes to all the people who tune in every week. Absolutely. Um, so what we'll do is we're, we'll keep sorting out the stuff on our end and we will each week we'll make a Facebook event that we will share on the page and we'll invite all our friends and all that sort of stuff. And if you can, if you're in Melbourne, you want to come, come have a beer with us and all that sort of stuff and enjoy some of the games we have planned and, and that sort of stuff, then by all means do. And if you can't, if you live elsewhere or whatever, it'll be, as long as we work out the kinks, it'll be live streamed on Facebook as well. Beautiful. So awesome. Very exciting. Shall we uh, hit the newsroom? We shall. It's time to go into the newsroom on the Vault NFL Podcast. Uh, up first, we will play the hit from the Minnesota-Jacksonville game. There's no sound, and so we'll just talk over it while it's playing. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sure you've already seen it. Um, yeah. I think everyone's seen it at this point. So, look, the real issue is it's not just this rule. This was called unnecessary roughness or something like that. Um, the real issue is the fact that the penal- that it was called a penalty and it was, you know, nothing nothing like a penalty. It was a clean hit. It was a great it was a great sack. He was left unblocked. It's not his fault. He just made a great play. He didn't even hit him head to head. His head was up, his helmet wasn't even down. Um the other thing we've seen is obviously this the amount of helmet to helmet contact calls that have been made. Some of them are not even the rule. Like when you're a defensive player, you're taught to come down, get your head across the body of the player you're trying to tackle and wrap up. That's what you're taught to do. These guys are just doing that and they're getting called for penalties. I don't disagree with the rule necessarily. I think they don't want concussions. We don't want people hitting with their head. Um, but they've got to learn how to officiate it because, yeah, it's all fine in the preseason. No one cares. That was a 15-yard penalty. No one cares. But in a regular season game, what if that's a playoff game and there's a hit like that? And instead of them losing seven yards and pretty much ending their drive, they gain 15 and continue score and cost someone a game. There was a hit last year in the, in the playoffs. I believe it was on Marcus Mariota from a Kansas City guy that got called back. Kansas City ended up losing that game. 
because of it. Um, I'm not saying that was the only reason. They choked a bit. But if that hit was allowed to stand, it was a forced fumble. Kansas City recovered it. They probably score a field goal on their drive and the game never gets close again. So we can't have these rules interfering with the game and that's the big issue we have at the moment. These rules are just... They're destroying the game and it's going to cost someone... One, it's going to cost a coach's job and it's going to coach some teams' games this year. Cost some teams' games this year, which is not good. It's not what we want. Yeah, and I will say that as a Minnesota fan, a dollar, um, I don't have a problem with that call, actually, according to the stupid rule. Mm. It's the rule's problem. So I've got the rule in front of me. The main part is if you're hitting a player, a passer who's in a defenseless posture... A defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down or land on top of him. That's How does he problem. tackle him there? Exactly. He's trying so, to strip the ball. He's it's, what, what they're trying to teach him now is what Zimmer said after he watched it. He said it on in the press conference yesterday after training. He said that they're trying to teach them to twist as they hit. But, like, you know, you're running full speed. You can't just stop and the physics doesn't allow you to just twist and he's a it's a violent game yeah. he's trying to hit the guy yep so like according to the rules i don't have a problem with the call because of the rules but i do have a problem with the rule itself and yeah. this is because of that rogers bar hit as well this is where that rule came from they've just so. got to yeah they can't yeah they can't do this you know regan just says what defines defenseless i think a receiver that can't see you defines defenseless I don't think a quarterback who's got the ball in his hand after a play action is defenseless. And he could have hit him a lot worse. He could have hit him helmet to helmet, could have done whatever he wanted, could have picked him up and thrown him into the ground. All he did was just deliver a textbook hard tackle. That's all he did. Really? And he barely fell on him. Too. It has a definition. It says during or just after throwing a pass. So if the ball's in his hand, he's not defenseless. He is defenseless. During throwing the ball? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, he hadn't even had a chance to throw it yet. So. No. No, he, he hadn't gone into his his his, his motion or anything like that. So, I so don't know. it's yeah. interesting one, and it's going to be something we're going to have to follow all year, I imagine. And let's just hope it doesn't, you know, cost games. Yep, absolutely. Uh, up next, uh, Rams and the right tackle Rob Haverstein have agreed on a four-year, thirty-two million contract extension. Uh, they'd be pretty happy with that. I'm yeah, sure he's happy with that. Look, Haverstein's not going to light the world on fire as an offensive lineman. He's a good, solid right tackle in the NFL um, you need those guys and four years 32 million eh, probably pretty spot on I don't think that's too much money but you know they've got to lock these guys up and you've got to, you've got to keep offensive linemen around what surprised me it's another guy signed before Aaron Donald which just shows that I I really think Aaron Donald's not going to be playing for the Rams next year no um, hopefully I, he'll play this year because money talks yep and when he starts skipping games he starts losing a lot of money. Normally what happens, they skip the preseason games. Then the club will go to them, hey, how about if you come back, start playing the regular season, we'll, we'll waive all those fees yep. and we'll pay you your full amount. And then they say, okay, cool, I'll come back. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be, I don't know how you don't get him tied up. I don't know how you, you get Rod Gurley signed, considering how easy it is to get running backs in this league. I don't know how you sign Todd Gurley before you sign Aaron Donald. How many guys like Aaron Donald have come around this decade? JJ Watt? Aaron Donald, that'd be about it. Yep. Those two dominant defensive linemen. Um, yeah, I, I can count a ton of Todd Gurley's who have popped up for a year or two. I'm not saying that's what Todd Gurley's going to be, but that's what I mean. It's just another guy signed that they need to sign, but the main guy they need to sign is not getting the deal done. And 
that's what they should be focusing on. You can lose a Rob Havenstein, I think. You'll find another one. Yep. Um, you're not going to find another Aaron Donald. So that's why that's really why I put it on. It's it's great for Rob, and yep. I wish him all the best. He's a solid player, but they've got bigger they've got bigger fish to fry. No, and you know that Donald just sees every single signing, and he's just sitting there and talking to his agent like, yep. what is going on? Yeah, it's a they joke. They clearly don't want him there past this season. There's Or else they'd be no, they'd well, kicking on his No, what they'll do is they'll wait to the end of this season and tag him again. Yeah. And the issue we now have is that the tag price is a lot lower than what they need to pay people. So in a couple of years' time, when all the top defensive players are on more money, then the tag price will be better, and then teams will stop wanting to tag. But we're in that kind of transfer phase where you notice when a big player gets re-signed, everyone's resetting the market. Yeah. At some point, that'll stop. When the cap stops rising, that'll that, that'll cap itself, and no one will keep resetting the market. You know, there's receivers getting paid $10 million more than the other guy every year. So that's going to that's gonna stop. And then you've got guys who, you know, who you can then, you can't tag because the cap's so high that you don't need to. So th- th- that'll happen. I hope they don't tag him again. I hope he plays this year because I want him on the field. That's the bottom line. But they could ruin that for us. Yep, absolutely. Um, bit of a local story. So Seahawks have released punter John Ryan after 10 years with the team. It's a decent run as a punter with one team. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's kind of why I put it in. It just, yep. it seems a bit, I don't know. Punters are punters. I get I get that. But 10 years, it's a long time. I think it's an amazing effort to stay on one team as a punter for 10 years because they tend to come and go a fair bit. So uh, hopefully he picks up a deal and see how he goes. But yeah, it was just one, it surprised me that he'd been in a team for 10 years, one yeah. team. And two, it seems odd to cut him now, but obviously the guy they've got competing, is who is Cam Johnson. Michael Dixon. Sorry, Michael Cam Johnson's yeah. the Eagles. Cam Dixon, sorry, an Australian. Michael this Dixon, is yeah, from Sydney. terrific news for him because I he's the standalone punter now in camp, so you'd have to think he's going to make the, the team. He's averaging 51.7 yards exactly. a punt. Punting really well. And I've actually been in contact with him and hopefully we're going to get him on the show at some point for yeah. a chat. Uh, but I wish him all the best. And that's really the big news there. One, a punter lasts for 10 years. And two, it seems like that our Aussie's going to get that deal now. Yep, absolutely. It's good news for him. Yep. Very good news. Uh, so good news for Adrian Peterson. Yeah. One-year deal at the Redskins. 100%. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, he doesn't match their scheme, this and that and the other. I think they might, they're looking to maybe change up the way they run the ball. Yeah. They've got Rob Kelly there, who has been incredibly unreliable. All rumors are that he's struggling this camp. They obviously lost Geist, their first, their second round pick, who was temp, you know touted to be the guy. Thompson's coming back from an injury, and he's more of a you know third down slash you know spread running back. Um, the Redskins' offensive line, when they are healthy, is one of the best offensive lines in the league. Yep. So I think this is a great move. Get him behind a powerful, powerful line. If he makes the team, I can't see him being anything but a benefit. Yep, absolutely. And he's only, I forget what it was, but he's not far off of breaking the top 10 for rushing yards. It's only like 30 yards or something. He's not like even that. in the top 10. I think it was... I. Someone will fact check me, I guarantee it. There was that surprises so, me. There was something, uh, he's not far off... Top One of those stats. Top 10. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Um, up next, we got uh, Zach Martin at the Cowboys. Uh, his knee injury is not serious, so that's very good news. I put this in the rundown when he got injured because, in my mind, it was a knee injury. Not many guys go off the field like that and then just have – they always say, oh, yeah, look, we think he's okay, and then it comes out a day later. He's torn his ACL and he's gone for the year. Yep. Um, he's not. He's had no ligament damage. He has 
basically hyperextended his knee and a bruised bone. That's it. So they're going to put him on ice for the rest of the preseason. All reports are he will be ready to go by week one. Yep. I don't think people understand how big a deal that is for the Cowboys. If they lose Zach Martin, that really hurts their running game because you've got to bring another guy in um, who's no, going to be nowhere near as good as him. And yeah, they really escaped something there because if he'd been gone for the year, like honestly, if he'd been gone for the year, I would have said that's their Super Bowl playoff contention gone. That's how important he is to that team. Yep, absolutely. Uh, up next, um, after meeting with the Browns, it appears that Des Bryant may not be signing with them. Um, and I also saw that Adam Schefter is, was tweeting today about um, the Browns. This will be on tomorrow's Hard Knocks. Oh, why he didn't get signed? Yeah. yeah wow. Okay. Covered, so that's big. Um, yeah. It's doesn't surprise me. Uh, it also like our next point is that Josh Gordon's come back to camp. Yep. Does that surprise me that the day Des doesn't get doesn't get signed? Gordon's coming back. Did they hear about it before Des got there? Uh, look, the bottom line is that Des Bryant wants this make it deal. Yep. That's apparently what he's after. I don't know if he's going to get that, and that's what he's dying for. And for some reason, he just can't find the contract. There's now five teams that have said they've... Sorry, he's been offered contracts by five teams. We know that one of them was the Baltimore Ravens, who he turned down, and we know another one was the Cleveland Browns, who he turned down. So does he want to play football? I'm not sure. Yep. Um, but the bottom line is a guy like him cannot afford to not be in training camp, and he's got to get on a team quick smart, or it's going to really hurt him. And then, as I said, Josh Gordon coming back to camp, that is nothing but terrific news for the the Cleveland Browns. And yep. I can't wait to see him in the third preseason game, hopefully tear it up a little bit. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's very good news. And um, and by all reports, he's been doing really well with his recovery and all that sort of stuff. And yep. yeah, that, you know, I've never been through anything like that, but I imagine what he's been through, through all fault of his own, don't get me wrong. Yep. Um, but if he can come out the other side and... Go back to playing football. That's all I want to see. And call me selfish. I just want him to be healthy so I can watch him play football. Yep. He's electric and we are better off watching him yeah. catch touchdowns than, you know, be off the field for other issues. Than not, yeah. Yep. Uh, up next is a theme we didn't think we'd be talking about a lot, but, you know, he, he's playing real well. Bridgewater. He's Teddy throws a belt. Throws a belt. Yeah. Teddy two gloves, throws a belt. He is... He's definitely on the trading block. There's several teams have been calling the Jets about him. Um, you know, he's been he's been playing really well there in I, a in a team where you know he's not he's not QB one. You know, if I was a team like the Giants, uh, the Patriots, I'm trying to think who else the Col oh, probably probably not the Colts. Um, Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, teams with you know older Denver Broncos. Yep. Why would you not go and give a second or third round pick for this guy? Yep. Like teams who aren't sure. The other question for me is if this was my team, all the reports are that McCown is going to be a coach when he finishes. Yep. Um, that's what that's what he's been. He's super smart, super intelligent. Why wouldn't you just cut him or make him retire? Make Teddy Bridgewater your starter and have Darnold play behind him for the year. That or keep all three on your roster. Like you've already paid them. What's the point? If, if Teddy makes the roster, it goes from two million dollars to six million dollars. Yeah. Who cares? Make him your starter. If he's the best, like at the end of the day, Todd Bowles needs to win games this year. If they go two and fourteen, he's going to be fired. So he needs to win games. Uh, why not get the best guy on the field? You've got him for one year. 
Let him play lights out, and then he can enter free agency, and then you roll into Sam Darnold. Like, imagine having a year with zero pressure from Sam Darnold. You don't have to play him because Bridgewater's playing so well, and he's yep. winning your games. Imagine having that year, and then then you literally, it's like Philip Rivers' first year, he played behind Drew Brees. Drew Brees had a Pro Bowl season, got hurt end of the year, ended up going into free agency, and being signed with the Saints, and the rest is history. But if he wasn't hurt, I guarantee you he was going to free agency anyway. Yep. They were letting him walk, and then Philip Rivers rolls in and starts a terrific career. Aaron Rodgers, another example we always bring up, three years behind Brett Favre, playing behind one of the best quarterbacks of all time, learning, and then look, has that affected his long-term career? No, he's won a Super Bowl. He's now touted as one of the best physical tr- quarterbacks ever. Yep. So why can't they just play Bridgewater and start him? If he's the best quarterback, start him. Let him play. Let Darnold not play a snap all year. Let him just learn constantly with McCown and Bridgewater. Let Bridgewater play himself into a contract next year at another team and then go to Darnold. It's just, there's no risk to me. Or if someone comes in and offers you a second round pick, you know, that's when you take it. Maybe someone gets a quarterback injured you know, for example, what if a starter goes down at a at a, a high-caliber team like the Patriots, the Eagles, something like that? They then go and trade for him, and they might give up a first-round pick if they believe, like Sam Bradford got a first-round pick. Yep. Minnesota gave a first-round pick for Bradford from the Eagles because they lost their quarterback. So, you know, wait and see what happens. But I don't see the value in giving taking a second-round pick just to not have him on your roster. It just seems dumb to me. Keep him starting, win some football games. Yep, Absolutely. I think at this point, he's the best-looking quarterback there, especially for all those reasons you've said. 100%. Just to give Darnold a bit of time to just... And he was a first-round pick. Yeah. So this isn't like, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Case Keenum last year, for example, he bobbed up and looked great and had a great year. Um, Dak Prescott, when Romo got injured, he was a fourth-round pick. No one expected him to be good. So when he was playing so well in the preseason... Everyone was like, oh, it's just preseason, you know, it doesn't matter. Ended up being a very good player. Yep. So Bridgewater, one, he's got the talents because he was a first-round pick. He has started in the NFL before where he was very successful and went 11-5 and five as a starting quarterback. And he's playing exceptional right now. So all the signs lead that he's going to be a very good player. So why, I, I just don't know. If I was a team, if I was the Giants, I would be knocking down the door to get Teddy Bridgewater from the Jets. And yep. it's... It's not a big move for Teddy either. I'd be doing whatever I could um, because that could be massive for them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, up next, uh, the Bengals have cut safety Georgia Locker in a stunning financial move, is what you put. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, this one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I was <sighs> reading a bunch of articles on it and I still just don't... I just don't understand why. No, it's, it's bizarre to me. He started every single game since... 2013, when he when he entered the, when he when he started at the Bengals, yep. he has been one of the most solid players on their roster. Look, he's played 16 games, 16 games, 12 games in 2015, 16 in 14, 16 in 13, and seven in 2012. So he's played every single game he's played. So he started yeah every game since 2013. Yep, it's that's insane to me. He's been nothing but solid. Uh, Nine, nine career interceptions, 220-odd tackles. Last year, he had 80 total tackles, 74 the year before. He is just a solid safety. I say there are, there will be teams clamoring to get their hands on this guy, and the bottom line is it's just another look into the value of safeties at the moment. If I was a safety going onto the free agent market next year, 
I would not be looking forward to it because there is just zero value in the safeties anymore. Yep. And it's so clear the fact that Eric Reed's still out there as well. It's just there's just no value in them. They earn no money. Yep. I mean, it's just you know it's financial is what they say, but their their cap space now after cutting him is twenty one million. Yeah. Uh, dead money from him is nine million nine hundred thousand this year, and then one point two next year. I yeah. think it is. And he was on what five million or something like that. It doesn't seem like a smart move. The only thing I can think maybe there's a young guy behind him in the roster that's played really well, and that he was going to lose his starting spot. But from all reports, he's been playing really well and there was no issue there. So, yeah, it's bizarre to me. The NFL is a weird business, you know, yeah. when they feel like they're not getting value for their money. And this is going to be the issue with contracts in the NFL. We're always going to have it until if they ever go fully guaranteed like other sports, which I don't think they will. No. But we're always going to have these issues. That the bottom line is when, if the value is not there for the money, they'll just cut guys. And that's what they're going to do all the way through until that changes. The only way they go fully guaranteed is if they drastically cut salaries. Yes, of course salaries will be cut. But it'll be like quarterbacks will get Kirk Cousins sort of deals. Yeah. That's what that's what the difference will be because it'll all be guaranteed. And you won't see any, you know, five, six-year contracts because the guys never make them through. And you know what? You might see a guy like J.J. Watt will probably get those deals and Aaron Rodgers will get those deals and people will make bad deals. But you know what? The players will probably start to win a few. Yep. And then the uh, last little bit of news we'll talk about tonight is uh, Patriots first round draft pick Isaiah Wynn tore his Achilles and uh, he's done for the year. Yeah, that that's sucks. that's huge because he was touted to be the starting left tackle for them. Yep. Uh, high pick. I thought he was a, I thought he was more of a guard coming out of college due to his height, but they've really liked him and they've got away with guys that size. Um, they're a very well coached offensive line, very well coached offense. So I thought he was going to be fine. They lost Nate Solder in the offseason to the Giants. They couldn't compete with the price he got paid. They're in trouble with this offensive line. Now, am I worried? No, because they're the Patriots. They'll find a way. Tom Brady gets rid of the ball so quickly, it rarely matters. But come playoff time, maybe against a team like Jacksonville, yep. maybe not having Isaiah Wynn will be the difference in a four-point victory they got last year. Maybe that's the difference, not having that guy. Uh, it's all it's all players and it's all talent. And also, it's it sucks for Isaiah Wynn, you know? First yep. round pick, probably going to be a starting offensive lineman and does his Achilles. And Achilles take a while. Like, they're not an instant oh. return either. Guys struggle the next couple of years. So, hopefully, this doesn't affect his career. But all in all, it's terrible news for the Patriots and terrible news for Isaiah Wynn. So, you know, fingers crossed his recovery is perfect and he comes back at 100% next season ready to go. Yep, absolutely. Uh, some preseason takeaways. Up first, uh, Josh Allen starting in the third preseason game after McCarron's injury uh, destined to be the starter? I'd say so because yeah. Peterman I, I just can't see a world where Peterman's better than Rosen sorry than Allen I just I don't want to see that world so I don't think I don't think it exists McCarron's now injured he wasn't lighting the world on fire anyway no. if I'm the Bills build an offense around Josh Allen and let him go he has been super fun to watch in the preseason Yep. and yeah I think just build around him and let him go Yep, absolutely. I, I would 100% agree with that. Uh, Blake Bortles struggled in his... Uh, he played the first half of the Vikings game. He really struggled against our starting defense. And yeah, this is no secret that Bortles struggles at time, but when the Jaguars... This could cost them a Super Bowl because they're in a window right now with that defense, the talent they have. Yep. They've let all their receivers pretty much walk in free agency and now you're stuck with the same Blake Bortles. 
Fournette can't do it all. He's not that talented. So I know their offensive line's really good. They've kind of got all the things, but the quarterback is going to let them down. I'm really nervous about it. I think this could be the difference between them winning a Super Bowl and not, and they've now re-signed him, so they've got real issues. Um, if I was them, I would have tried to pick up a quarterback this year in the draft early, but they haven't. So it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how this works coming into the season. Yep, absolutely. Um, Rod Smith played very well in his second preseason game and uh, some signs that another massive year for Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I really like Rod Smith. I think he's a solid player, but he's not Ezekiel Elliott. No. The fact that he went for 70-odd yards with the starting offense looked great. If the Cowboys can run this offense, Ezekiel Elliott's going to have a massive year. And that that's the bottom line. I think he's just, he's geeing up for a huge, huge year. No distractions. They're barely playing him in the preseason. He's going to play three drives in, in the third game of the preseason, which is not much. Yep. But typically, the whole starting offenses and defenses play a half in the third game. Um, and then no one plays in the fourth game, pretty much. It's all backups. So they said they're only going to play him a couple of series there. They are just getting him ready for a monster year. So... Fantasy people, if you want to, I, I would, I think he's going to go be massive this year. Yep, absolutely. Um, Andy Dalton just continues to show that you know, going off what he's played so far this preseason, he's he's not no. the answer. In he's not there, and he you know he played the first four drives against a Cowboys defense, which I don't expect to be that good, and he got nothing done. He's just he's inaccurate. He's nervous in the pocket. He's got good receivers now. His offensive line's okay. It's not the worst. Yep. Um, I just. I just don't think the Bengals are going anywhere, one, with him at quarterback, and two, with Marvin Jones as their coach. Yeah, I would agree with the second part more than anything. Yeah. Um, McCaffrey, if we're going off of preseason, yep. this dude is going to just ball out all uh, year. That 71-yard run was incredible. Yeah, and the he's, first preseason game, he was just as good, too. He's so fast. Yeah, I think he's. I think they're they're working him out. Yep. I think he's working out the NFL a bit as well, and working out what you know. In the first preseason game, he wasn't as successful. But what I saw a few times was when he could get to the edge, he took it. Yep. When he couldn't, he just cut it up and got a couple of yards and and took what they were giving him, covered the ball, got three or four yards, and 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 went to the next play. I think he's learning. I think he is going to be very very important for them this year, and you know could yep. be could be the reason that they're a very good football team. Absolutely. Um, up next, Ravens have a big decision at uh, the QB position going into the regular season. I would not disagree. Yeah, well, um, Flacco's their starter. They've yep. already said that. Uh, whether you agree with that or not, that's the way it is. He's going to be there this year. Yep. And then you've got Lamar Jackson, who's looked good, but he's looked like a rookie quarterback. He's which looked is, raw. Is, it's what we expected. Yep. His athleticism is undeniable. He makes some terrific throws. Um, he makes some really terrific throws, but he makes some bad throws too. And then RJ3 has been really, really impressive. He's looked terrific. So what do they do? Do they take three quarterbacks or do they cut RJ3? Because they're not cutting Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So they've got a big decision to make there because if Joe Flacco gets hurt or isn't playing well, you know, is Lamar Jackson ready for the big time? I don't think so. Um, so we're going to have to find out what they do there. And they've got a big decision to make. Um, I saw that I believe it was the Ravens. Yeah, ninety percent sure it was the Ravens. That they're um they're testing a bit of a two QB situation. Yeah, they've they, been had him out there at receiver. They'll have some gadget plays for yeah. him, but it won't be an offense. It'll just be yeah. a few plays here and there. I think. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see Lamar Jackson this year. I think knowing the Ravens, what they should do if they were serious is cut Joe Flacco. Mm. 
roll an offense around RG3, have Lamar Jackson as your backup. It's it's a risk. It's a massive risk, but you're paying way too much for Joe Flacco. But we'll see how he goes come regular season because they've said he's been really good in camp. So we'll see how it works out. Yep. No, I, I um, if you were going to cut Flacco, you would have cut him before. 100%. June yeah. 1st. You wouldn't get to here. Yeah. Anyway, um, the Seahawks offensive line is a big concern, which we're... Justin, we're going to touch on shortly. Yeah, we won't go too much into it. It's bad. And Jermaine Infetti, who's playing right tackle for them this year, got annihilated in this preseason game. He played three drives. I don't think he blocked anyone. Honestly, he's their starting right tackle. I'm really concerned. And, you know, luckily they've got Russell Wilson. We will get to that, but I just wanted to highlight that it is a real issue. And yep. it's showing up in the preseason. Yep. Um, up next, the the Bears offense. You know, that the, they haven't done a lot. Haven't looked very good, but... Trubitsky and Burton seem to maybe have a connection. Yeah, so... That might be something to hang your head on. Yeah, look, I, I'm not going to take... As I said, I don't take whole offenses as a... You know, if you've, if your offense has been really good in the preseason, that's good. But if it's been really bad, I'm not worried about it either. I think the fact that Trubisky hit Burton five times in a row is a great sign. Yeah. Uh, getting some chemistry. Young quarterbacks typically love a tight end. And if Burton can be that guy for Trubisky, it's a massive start yep. um, in an offense that can really work. So, look, the offense, I don't know how it's going to work out. We'll have to wait and see. But I just think that matchup has been really, really good so far. And hopefully that continues. Yep. Yeah, you want you want to get some of those connections going. And that really helps a lot. Yeah. Especially, especially going into what will be a very tough uh, division there. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy J String has impressed in his <laughs> limited playing time so far. I've been I've been pretty happy with what he's doing. You know, it looks like they've made a good year. decision. Yeah, I'd and say the so. Patriots have made a terrible decision. Yeah, I mean, I won't go too in depth because we're, we've got them again tonight, so we'll talk about him there. But yeah, he's been been very good, very good in his in his limited playing time, and the fact that his playing time is limited means that they know what they've got already. They don't they're not worried about it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, up next, I'm sure everyone also saw this, but Patrick Mahomes has <laughs> a cannon. Not that that was a secret; it was known when he was drafted. But he threw a ball 68.6 yards in the air. Yeah, to Tyreek Hill. Who somehow? How did Tyreek? I haven't even watched the other shots of how Tyreek got managed to get behind all three of them. Because he's faster, and the ball—I don't think those defenders thought the ball could be thrown that fast. Probably, yeah. It was incredible. In saying that, he hasn't been great, Mahomes, in this, this preseason. Hopefully, but if he can create plays like that, it's—it's going to be hard to stop with a guy like Tyreek Hill. So, uh, it was an impressive play, though, and to see a guy throw the ball that far, and it looked easy. Yep. He threw it easily that oh, far. Yeah. So, yeah, very very exciting stuff. So, I just got a couple of stats for you. So, last mm-hmm. year, the longest pass was by Jared Goff. How yep. long do you think it was? 58 yards. 61.8. And then in 2016, the longest pass was 65 yards in the air. Who do you think that was thrown by? Aaron Rodgers? Nah. Go again. He's, he's, like, he's like your personal hero. Tony Romo? Jay Cutler. Oh, the Cutler. 65 yards in at, the air. At the Bears. Yep. He there had a go. cigarette in his mouth and everything. He's a man. <laughs> Seriously, just on a side note, his show with that, his wife's show, I'm watching it purely for Jay Cutler. Yeah, yeah. It's, I can't stand the show, but he <laughs> is outstanding in yep, it. Yep. He's made me watch it. Completely agree. And uh, the final thing we'll just quick touch on is uh, Josh Rosen looked a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, look, he didn't light the world on fire, and no. I don't think he's competing 
for that starting spot. I think it's going to be Bradford's. I think he'll play this year, but I think it's Bradford's starting spot. But he is going to be a lot better. He just looked a lot more comfortable, and that's always a good sign when a guy's getting more comfortable. And yeah, he looked he looked really good. All right, that kind of does it for the news and our uh, preseason stuff. So we'll we'll jump right into the NFC West, and we will start with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, some. Some key additions, uh, Justin Pug, the guard, Sam Bradford, QB, Andre Smith, guard, Mike Glennon, QB, Bryce Butler, wide receiver, Trey Boston, safety, Benson Mayoa, D-end, Bene Benwickry, cornerback, Derek Coleman, fullback, Marcus Williams, cornerback. Some subtractions, Adrian Peterson, Tyvon Branch, Carlos Dansbury, uh, Khalif Barnes, Alex Boone, and Jared Veld here. Yeah, so the what you can see what they've tried to do, adding interior linemen with Pugh and Andre Smith. Um, Andre Smith was a former first-round pick. Pugh's been a really solid player for the Giants most of his career. I don't mind the Bryce Butler addition. He's a burner. He can run a bit. Trey Boston, I don't mind. Other than that, it's nothing to get too excited about. Um the one I've missed is a subtraction there as well is the Honey Badger. Oh, of so course. Yeah. I forgot to put him in, Tyron Matthew, because he was, yeah, that's a big loss there. Uh, Tavon Branch had pretty much lost their two starting safeties, which isn't good. Yep. Uh, I know they're going to rely on Buddha Baker to do that, but, you know, they've lost they've lost a lot more than they've gained, I feel. Yep, absolutely. Uh, in the draft, they had, uh, in the first round, they took Josh Rosen, as we spoke about. In the second round, they took Christian Kirk, wide receiver out of Texas A&M. Third round, they took Mason Cole, a corner out of Michigan. Fourth round, they took Chase Edmonds, running back out of Fordham. Never heard of it. You heard of Fordham? Well, I've heard of uh, Liam Eggs Fordham. That was our I think you did. <laughs> uh, the sixth round, Christian Campbell, corner out of Penn State. And seventh round, Corey Cunningham, an offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. Yeah, look, I think the, the key there is Josh Rosen. They obviously want that quarterback of the future. They then went and gave... You know, a lot of money to Sam Bradford, but only a short, a short contract. It's pretty much a one-year deal if they want to cut him at the end. Yep. Uh, Christian Kirk, the wide receiver, has been you know raising a few eyebrows. He's been okay for them, so they're going to need him. You know, come season. Yep. Uh, what do you like? I like David Johnson returning. Yep. I think if he's eighty percent of what he was the year the year before he got injured, he'll be outstanding for them. He makes a huge difference. He makes offensive lines look great. He's one of the most complete running backs in the NFL. I hope the injury doesn't affect him. What we've seen in the preseason so far, it doesn't look like it is. Knee injuries, this this sounds like a dumb comment, but they're not as serious as they used to. They take time to recover, but there's not many guys that don't recover well from them anymore. It's just the way the doctors do them now. I'm not one, so I don't know, but they they seem to do a very good job. So I'm not worried about that, but that's that's something I really like is is him returning. Yep. Um, I like David Johnson as well. Yeah, it's it's hard not to like. Yeah, what do you hate? I hate the receiving group. Yep. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald obviously is the go-to guy there. Um, other than that, it drops off. I know I just mentioned uh, Christian Kirk. Kirk. Uh, but they lost Jerron Brown and another receiver. I just can't remember his name. But they, you know they've lost a lot of guys. There's not a lot there. They've got a young quarterback. You know, Bryce Butler's probably going to be another starter. J.J. Wilson, 
you know, Christian Kirk I mentioned, Greg Little, like these guys are just it's nothing too exciting. And then, you know, tight end position, Jermaine Gresham, who's been you know, an average guy for a long time, nothing exciting. And when you've got a young quarterback or even a quarterback like Sam Bradford, you need weapons. And I don't think Fitzgerald would in probably his last season in the NFL can do it all himself. And that's yep. what that's what I dislike. They've they've lost a lot of talent and added nothing. Yep. No, I would agree. I actually went a little more broad and I said aside from David Johnson and Fitzgerald, there's not a lot to love just in general on the offense. Yeah. So I just in general I just don't really like the offense. Like No, the offensive line is is average. It's not bad. It's just average and Again, you need things like Micah Party. He's not great. He's been paid a lot of money, but he's not good. DJ Humphreys is solid. Justin Pugh, you know, another guy. They're going to have a starting center in, in Mason Cole. That's either goes really well or really poorly when you start a rookie as center. Yep. And then Andre Smith at this point is probably going to be the starting right tackle who, you know, was a high pick. I think he was in the getting hard. He was the number one pick that season for the Bengals. Yep. So I think he was pick three or four, something like that. You know, this guy has not lived up. He's moved to guard. He's now back at tackle. I don't know. I, I don't see it being a solid line. No, I would agree. Uh, breakout player, who do you got? I have Robert Kimdichie. Okay, yep. This is a guy, he struggled his first couple of years. I think he's getting used to a scheme. He's getting used to how, to, how hard you have to work in the NFL. Incredibly talented. Fell to the end of the first round because of an issue with jumping out of a window or falling out of a window or... Whatever it was. Something happened <laughs> with a window. Yeah. No one really knows. Yeah. So that's the issue he's got. I think after a couple of years, this is make or break for him. So I'm going to pick him to break. I think he's going to have a really, really good year for them, you know, with guys like Chandler Jones and whatnot around him. Yep. Who you got? Uh, Hassan Reddick, the linebacker. He did not have a great season last year. 32 tackles in 16 games. He only started three of those, but he still played all 16. Two and a half sacks. But they changed their scheme. Uh, the defensive scheme's been changed this year, and I think that the new um, the new scheme they're going to go with, from what I've seen anyway, I think that it's going to set him up a bit better to play. He played well in college at um, Temple, yeah. um, and I think that he just didn't... Some, sometimes you, you take guys and they just don't fit with the scheme you have, obviously. And yeah. so by changing it around, it's not necessarily just for him, but I think he's going he's gonna to do a lot better under the scheme that they've switched to. Yeah, sure. Yep. Uh, MVP? David Johnson on offense yep. and Chandler Jones on defense. Yep, snap, same. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty easy to pick that with this with this team. It wasn't too hard. Nope. All right. Up next, we will go to the Los Angeles Rams. I always I always go to say St. Louis. I was almost going to correct you then and be like, no, St. Louis. <laughs> uh, some key additions: Marcus Peters, Aqib Talib, Sam Shields, Troy Hill, Nickel, Robbie Coleman. Malcolm Brown, Brandon Cooks, John Sullivan, Nakdamanaksu, close enough. Indamakong. <laughs> close enough. Uh, Robert Quinn. I actually um I, I practiced today and then I you get into it and you just forget. You just forget everything you practiced. Alec Ogletree, Kayvon Webster, and Lance Dunbar. Um I didn't go through positions, but you can see them. Yeah. Look, I think Instantly, what, what comes out here is the additions. Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, two former All-Pros. Sam Shields, a former Pro Bowler. He's coming back from some injury concerns, which means that you know he may not play a lot. But then if he doesn't, Nick, Nickel Roby Coleman 
was one of the top nickel cornerbacks last year for the Buffalo Bills in the league. So he's a terrific addition. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a burner. John Sullivan's a solid center. And then you've got at the bottom of there, and Darmakin Sue, who has been one of the more disruptive defensive tackles in the NFL. And he hopefully gets to play alongside a guy like Aaron Donald. This team should be giving offensive lines absolute nightmares. They lost Robert Quinn, who they traded him away. Look, it's it's an edge rusher. Who cares? I don't think it's going to matter. Alec Ogletree, who apparently now is having real trouble in at New York. So I feel like they signed him to a long-term deal, realized what have we done? This guy's not that good. Managed to trade him away, and I think the Rams are pretty happy about it because the Giants are now complaining that he can't cover. Yep. So, uh, and then, you know, Kevon Webster, Lance Dunbar, really just, just, just role players. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, in the draft, they had quite a few picks, so we won't go through them all. But um, they started in the, thirst, the third round, not the third round. The third yep. round, Joe Noteboom out of TCU. Uh, fourth round, Brian Allen out of Michigan State. Also in the fourth, John Franklin Myers, Stephen F. Austin. Um, and then the fifth round, Micah Kaiser from Virginia. Um, also... Agbania Akaronko. Wow. That's a good name. Oklahoma. And then sixth round, John Kelly, Tennessee. Sixth round, also Jemiel Demby, Maine. Uh, Sebastian Joseph out of Rutgers. Um, Trayvon Young out of Louisville. Trayvon Howard in the seventh round out of TCU. And Justin Lauer out of SMU. Um, I just read them all anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to read them all, but I will read them all. But. Um, do you want to just get straight into what I like? Yeah, go for it. I hope. I think we're going to have the same defensive line. No. Oh, okay. We don't have the same. Good. Mine's a defensive line. Aaron Donald is, as we've discussed, one of the mo- the best generational talents at defensive tackle. He's the defensive player of the year. You then add in Darmakin Sue, who has been in his prime probably as disruptive as what Aaron Donald was. He's a bit of a different player, yep. but he's very good. You then got a guy like Michael Brockers, who is a former first-round pick and is a starter in any team in this league. Yeah. Um. Ethan Westbrooks is a really good player. The edge rushes. That's where we get a little bit off. Samson Ekuban and probably Ryan Davis are going to be the starters there at the edge. But when you have three guys that good or four guys that good inside, those edge rushes are going to get one-on-one every single time, and yep. it's it's going to be nothing but great. So. I think that defensive line is just going to be dominant this year. I don't see how anyone stops it. Yep. I do not disagree at all. And what I've said is I'll agree with what uh, Regan just said, that this defense is probably one of the most stacked at the moment. It's definitely one of the, the bigger improvements on defense, just adding everyone. And the defense has no real holes. As far as I can tell, there's not really anyone that stands out. But what I think that they've added by adding – uh, Peters, Talib, Shields. Is that secondary? Is now like it's That's a lethal secondary. Yep. And I, I didn't want to say defensive line just because everyone says defensive line. Yeah. And and we already know that Sa and Donald are just like insane. Yeah. I just think I'm a I'm a big fan of what they've done. And the what secondary. those guys, Talib and Peters, have done a lot in their career is create turnovers. Yep. And I can imagine that's when you've got a good pass rush, which they're hoping to have. That's 100% what they're hoping is that these guys are going to get some turnovers this year for them, especially a guy like Marcus Peters. So nothing but good there. Um, What do you hate? This is, it's nitpicking because they're a very good team, very loaded on paper. 
But what I hate is Jared Goff. Yep. When I look at this team, they've got a solid offensive line, good receivers, you know, a lot of good receivers, a terrific running back, great defensive line, great defense. Jared Goff is the one thing that can bring them undone. And if teams work out this offense, so last year what sorry, what, what McVay did with Goff is you can talk to your quarterback until there's 15 seconds left on the play clock. He would get out there early to the line of scrimmage and he would communicate with his quarterback telling him what he's seeing, what he's doing. Yep. What if defenses start to key in on what they're doing and then he can't communicate as much to him and it all falls on Jared Goff to make the decisions? His first year in the NFL, he was terrible. He was terrible in the playoffs last year. I think if anything on this team is going to cost them winning a Super Bowl or being a contender, it's Jared Goff. Yep. And I'm worried that it's going to happen. Yep. That's my concern. It's not that he's a bad player. It's that on this team, he's the one thing that could let them down. Yep. Fair enough. Um, I just went with... Uh, I think that the, the offensive line is very strong mm. compared to a lot of teams. But of the offensive line, Jamon um, Brown at right guard is probably yep. the only weakness. And they haven't really done much to fix that. And I looked at who's behind him, and there's nobody behind him no. that you could maybe move up. So. There is no competition, really. He's going to be no. the starter. Yep. And look, he is the weak spot on that line. Yep. If you've got one weak spot, you can hide it. And that's think that's why they brought in a guy like John Sullivan, because they want him. He's not an amazing center, but he's a solid guy that's going to do his job. He's reliable. So I think if you've got four other guys around him that are very good, you can survive that one weaker guy, but it is a concern. If teams work out, if they put their best player on him a lot, they can probably generate some pressure. Yep, absolutely. Um, breakout player? I have Samson Ebukam. Yep. Outside linebacker going into his second year. He had two sacks last year, which isn't a lot. He's going to be the starting rush edge. How does the starting rush edge on this team not do well? That, yep. that That's my mindset. With the guys they're going to have inside, they're... He is never going to be double teamed on the edge. So I think he's just going to be able to have a breakout year purely because of that. I don't think he's going to be an all pro, but I think he's going to turn into a really good starting defensive end or outside linebacker purely because of the fact that the guys have got around him that they can't double team him ever. Yep. Uh, I had uh, Corey Littleton also a linebacker. Yep. He's inside, uh, third year. Nothing really so far. Uh, 36 tackles last year, one sack. Um, he's going to be starting, and he's behind that defensive line. Yeah. So it was he's ca- got to have success. Same, same thought process yeah. you had. Yeah. I mean, These guys have to be successful, yeah. otherwise his team's not going to be good. And uh, I just got, just went off what I saw on, on Twitter and that, and people are saying that he looks really good at camp. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he was one of the big reasons that they let Ogletree go. Yeah. That was reported, so that he was, playing, he was starting to almost win the position. So why bother paying him all that money? Yeah. You know? Uh, I've got Todd Gurley as my offensive MVP. Same. And fingers crossed, Aaron Donald. Hopefully he's back for 16 games. I had uh, Todd Gurley and LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah, LaMarcus Joyner's a solid guy in yep. a contract year because he's on a franchise yep. tag. I can't imagine them tagging him twice. Yep. So especially because they've got Aaron Donald, they probably have to get him tagged at the end of the year. So yeah, he's going he's to have a massive year, I think. Yep, absolutely. Up next, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, some key additions. Uh, Richard Sherman, Weston Richburg, Jarek McKinnon, Jeremiah Atuka, uh, Jonathan Cooper, Corey Toomer, uh, some key losses. Elvis Doomerville, Daniel Kilgore, Leon Hall, Logan Paulson, 
Tank Coradine, Brandon Fusco, Aaron Lynch, Carlos Hyde, and Eric Reed. So the guy there, obviously Sherman, uh, being a former All-Pro corner, outstanding talent. The two that I really like in the additions are Weston Richburg, the center, really yep. solid center from the Giants, and Jarek McKinnon. Yep. I think McKinnon's going to be really good for them. In subtractions, you know, you lose Daniel Kilgore, who was a solid center. They actually traded him away when they got Weston Richburg. That was kind of, they replaced him, so they didn't need him anymore. Aaron Lynch, Carlos Hyde. Uh, the big one here, which we've talked about a lot, is Eric Reed. I think he's a really, really good safety. And the fact that he's still not signed is is bizarre to me. So, uh, but a lot of good additions there again. They're just starting to really build a strong team. And yeah, I think they're going to be pretty solid. Yep, I would agree. Um, draft. We got uh, in the first round, they got Mike McGilchey. McGlinchey, sorry, uh, Notre Dame, Dante Pettis, wide receiver in the second round out of Washington. In the third round, Fred Warner, linebacker out of Brigham Young. Uh, Tavarius Moore, a safety out of Southern Mississippi, also in the third round. In the fourth round, they had Kentavious Street, a DN out of North Carolina State. In the fifth round, they had DJ Reed, a cornerback out of Kansas State. In the sixth round, Marcel Harris, a safety out of Florida. And in the seventh round, they took Julian Taylor out of Temple and Richie James, a wide receiver out of Mrs. Middle Tennessee. Sorry. Yeah, so the, the big guys there, Dante Pettis, the wide receiver, they've already penciled him in as a starting wide receiver. I think he's going to be a, a big role player for them. Um, McClinchy, when they got him, they traded their tackle to the Patriots. So that shows what they think of him. He's going to be the starting right tackle until Joe Staley finishes up at left tackle. Uh Reports are with him that he has been terrific. I thought it was a little bit of a reach, but we'll see how it works out. Uh, yep. It's hard to read offensive linemen sometimes, but I, I thought it was a little bit of a reach, so we'll see how it goes. But yep. they're the two main guys that are that are looking to be big role players in this team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you like? I like Kyle Shanahan, the coach. Yep. I think what he did in Washington early on, then he went to the Browns, did a good job there. Then he went to Atlanta, led that offense to one of the best offenses in the history of the league. And then what he did last year, even with CJ Bethard before Jimmy Garoppolo took over, was nothing short of amazing. So I think he's going to be a massive role player in this team. Yep, absolutely. Um, I like DeForest Buckner. Yep. Um, last year, just a great year. Uh, ranked fifth uh, in D-tackle, total pressures, tied sixth for his grade on pro football focus. And he also led uh, with uh, 19 quarterback hits, which is the sacks weren't there for him, but that doesn't mean the pressures weren't. He's been outstanding. Um, What I hate is their offensive line. Uh, I know I just mentioned McClinchy. We'll see how he works out. I didn't love the pick Weston Richburg. I like, I think he's a solid center, but then you're going to have guys like, you know, Joshua Garnett, who they took in the first round a few years ago, which I hated, He's probably not even going to be starter, starting. They have another former first-round pick who hasn't worked out from Detroit in Lake and Tomlinson. And they have Jonathan Cooper, who is another failed top-10 pick who from uh, Arizona a few years ago who hasn't worked out. He spent a year at the Cowboys last year. Was average. He was definitely the worst player on that line, which is pretty easy to be. But he wasn't great there, and he's now going to be relied upon. Joe Staley is an older guy. He was the number-one-ranked tackle on Pro Football Focus last year. It's one I feel they got a little wrong. I don't think he was that good, but he's solid. But in saying that, his age 
is an issue. And if he's the only solid guy on that line, it could be an issue. Uh, give me what you hate. Yep. So I uh, I hate the secondary, not necessarily the starters, but just the lack of depth. Um, if they lose anyone to injury, they're gonna they're just gonna struggle. Um, yeah, se- secondary is yeah, it's an issue. Yeah. Look, I like Richard Sherman obviously, but he's getting older, so that's not good. And then you're right, like Kwan Williams, Othello Witherspoon has been good for them. Jimmy Ward's been okay, but they're kind of they've got a good high end, and then it drops off pretty quickly after that. Yep. Uh, uh, breakout player. Breakout. I've got Jerick McKinnon. Yep. I think he's going to be the bell cow on that offense. I know when he got injured in the preseason, it's not serious. He'll be ready for week one. But I think this guy, in a in a Shanahan offense, think Devonta Freeman, that sort of role. I think that's what he's going to do. Whether he can do that as good as Devonta Freeman, time's going to tell. But I think he's going to be the guy they rely on, which in turn will give him big numbers and be a breakout guy. Yep. Paid a lot of money too. When yes. Guys are paid a lot. Oh, yeah. They need him to produce, especially at running back. Yep. Uh, George Kittle. The tight end. Yeah, I like him. Good first year, 43 catches for 515 yards and two touchdowns. I think that now that we'll have a full season of Garoppolo, I think that that's going to help, and uh, I could see him playing better than that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, um, MVPs? Jerick McKinnon on offense yep. and Ruben Foster on defense. I know he's going to miss a few games, but I can't say anyone else. Him, him or Buckner, really. Yep, I had the same, and I just had Ruben Foster as an apology. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I, we're sorry, Ruben. Yeah, Ruben, please, please <laughs> just don't ever hurt us. <laughs> we're terrified. Under the Seahawks. All right, so the Seahawks, some key additions: Marcus Johnson, Justin Coleman, Barcavius Mingo, uh, Ed Dixon, Jaron Brown, Maurice Alexander, DJ Fluker, Tom Johnson, and Brandon Marshall, and uh, some key losses: Michael Bennett. Cliff Avril, Richard Sherman, Jeremy Lane, Deshaun Sneed, Trayvon Boykin, Thomas Rawls, Matt Tobin, and Jimmy Graham. Yeah, so you, the two that stand out for me here are in losses, unfortunately. Yep. Sorry, the three. Michael Bennett, Richard Sherman, Jimmy Graham. I think yep. Jimmy Graham was poorly used there, but he's still an outstanding player, and you don't want him on another team if you can have him on yours. Michael Bennett, Richard Sherman, they're kind of... the you know, two of those core players from the defense. Also, Cliff Averill, who had to retire due to injury problems. Yep. That's a massive concern. And then what do you replace them with? Justin Coleman? I'm sorry, he, he's not going to replace um, Sh- um, Sherman. Bacavius Mingo, a failed first round, a num- failed number three pick in the draft. He's never been any good. Uh, I just, I don't think they've brought in enough talent to replace what they lost. The only thing I, I like that they've brought in Ed Dixon, I think, is going to be a good tight end for them. And Jerron Brown is a burner. It's, it's another weapon for Russell Wilson, which they really need to do. Yep, absolutely. Uh, on to the draft. So in the first round, they took Rashad Penny, a running back out of San Diego State. In the third round, Rasheem Green, defensive end out of USC. In the fourth round, they took Will Disley, a tight end out of Washington. Fifth round, they took... Shaquem Griffin out of uh, UCF. Trey Flowers, a safety out of Oklahoma State. Michael Dixon, a punter out of Texas. We've already spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamarcus Jones, offensive tackle uh, from Ohio State. And then in the sixth round, Jacob Martin, defensive end out of Temple. And then in the seventh round, uh, Alex McCuff, 
uh, QB out of Florida International University. Yeah, it's obviously Dixon being drafted in the fifth round is pretty amazing for a punter. Yep. And then the fact that he's he's obviously won that job now. I think Rashad Penny, it was booed at that pick. I don't think it was a good pick at all. We'll see how it works out. And then the other big one there was Shaquem Griffin, who so far has looked really good. Yep. It's early, but he so far has looked energetic and, and looks like he's going to be a really good addition for them. Yeah, no, he looks, he looks good. He looks yep. real good. Uh, what do you like? Russell Wilson. Yep. I think he was something around 80% of that offense last year. He is about the only thing you love on that offense. I like on that offense. Everything else sucks, uh, except maybe D- Doug Baldwin. But this is this guy does everything for that team. And if look, I don't like him personally. I think he's irritating. He's cookie cutter. He just says what people want to hear. Yeah. But when he's on the field, he gives them every opportunity to win a lot of football games, and that's important. So that's why I like him. Yep. Um, what I like is uh, actually the defense. It's mm. not it's not the Legion of Boom or anything like no. that, but it is still a talented defense. And if you look at the offense versus the defense, it's definitely the stronger of the two on this team. And I mean, at the end of the day, you still got Bobby Wagner, who's just he's just a beast. He's the second best linebacker in the league yeah. behind Kukley. Yeah. Probably just as good as him if you really want to nip it, but yeah. Yep. So I just I think that, you know, like we said, they 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 lost a lot on defense, but of Offense and defense. I, I, I thought the defense was a lot better. And I liked it a bit more, and, and I don't disagree with you. And they you, still have Earl Thomas. Was, yep. So, so, who's a very good player when he's playing. So, if they can give him that contract or get him sorted out, that which they will, yep. one way or the other, it's nothing but good news there. Uh, do you want what I hate? Yeah. Offensive line. Well, I hate them too. Yep. It has been an issue for the past two or three seasons. They bring in DJ Fluker, who... <sighs> Look, he was another first, like number eight pick in the draft. He just struggles everywhere he goes. He was drafted as a tackle to the Chargers. He can't play tackle, so they've moved him into guard. He's an average guard. J.R. Sweezy has been nothing but bad. Justin Britt is a solid center. Sorry, he'd be a below average center. Dewan Brown, I like as a tackle. They've just re-signed him, but he's getting older. And again, he's one guy. Yep. And then we've talked about Jermaine Effetti, how much he struggled. They have George Fant still, who was going to be the starting left tackle last year before he got hurt. Maybe he's better and he can come in and take a spot from someone. I don't know. But right now, you look at that team and it irritates me because other than trading for Jerron Brown last year, they have done nothing to fix it. Bringing in DJ, DJ Fluka does not fix it. They take Rashad Penny in the first round at running back. Again, we discussed running backs are a dime a dozen. Yep. There was 13 of them taken just take another guy. He's not going to be any better than any of the other guys taken in the second or third round. Yep. You know, the situation's what's going to reflect that. They're just so easy to find. Yet, you could have taken a good offensive lineman there. It just, they could have had, I think, pretty sure they could have got Isaiah Wynn at that point. There was so many guys they could have got and it's just frustrating. I get so frustrated and I can't imagine how Russell Wilson feels. Yep. No, I, w- I would agree. I'm, I literally don't have anything else to add to that. Like, yeah. that's, that's essentially what I wrote. There's just nothing there at offensive line. Yep. It's just a, you you have a talented quarterback in Russell Wilson. Yep. And you just don't put anything around him to protect it's, him. It's bizarre to me. Yep. It's very similar in Green Bay as well. We have the same issues there. They just load up and give the guy every single thing you can give him and win yep. some Super Bowls. Yep, absolutely. It doesn't make any sense to me. Absolutely. Uh, breakout player? I've picked a Griffin. 
Yep. But it's not Shaquem Griffin. No. I picked Shaquille, his brother. Yeah. Who was really good in his rookie year last year. It's his twin brother. I think he's going to develop again. I can see him taking over that Richard Sherman role. Very similar built to him. Very similar look. They've both got the dreadlocks. I think he's going to be really, really good for them this year in that starting role. Yep. Um, I had uh, Nazair Jones. Okay. Um, so he was... Uh, sorry. I went away from it. <laughs> uh, he's a D-tackle. Uh, last year, he played 11 games, only had two starts. Um, he had 19 tackles, two sacks, three passes, defense, and one interception, which he returned, but it was called back uh, for holding or something like that. Okay. Um, and then he sat the rest of the season after a high ankle sprain. Um, same thing as with um, someone else I mentioned with uh, the Cardinals, I think it was, uh, that um, early reports from camp and all that, and from what I've seen in preseason, is he's he's looking a lot better. Quite really looking well. A, looking a lot better. And, you know, there's some there's some gaps there that he's he's probably going to fall. Yeah, and then look, I just want to give a couple of special mentions. Jerron Reed, the day tackle out of Alabama. I'm expecting him to be really good this year. Also, Deion Jordan, who was the former third overall pick for the Miami Dolphins, apparently, and the way he finished off the season last year, he had an 85.8 rating on Pro Football Focus. Now, it wasn't from a ton of snaps, so let's not get too excited about it. But if he, if they can get something out of him as a pass rusher, a guy like Frank Clark is a good pass rusher. Um, they've got some guys, and yep. Pete Carroll does a good job with young guys and a good job with later round picks getting them successful. Remember, other than Earl Thomas, not a lot of these guys were highly touted dudes in that Legion of Boom. So, yep. like, Michael Bennett was given up by the Bucks, Cliff Averill was given up by Detroit. Um, Bobby Wagner was a second-round pick. Sherman was a fourth-round pick. You know, there when Cam Sansa was a fifth-round pick, I believe. He knows how to get the best out of guys, so I think he can hopefully do that with this team and you've got a great base with Russell Wilson. Yep. Uh, MVPs? I've broken our rule. Oh, did you? I've made Russell Wilson my offensive MVP. And I don't even care. Only had two more divisions. No. You You know why? Because when you look at this team, he is 80% of the offense last year. Okay. How do you not pick him? Well, because we weren't allowed to, so I picked Doug Baldwin. Uh, Doug Baldwin's obviously the guy. I've got next to that, if Dan gets upset, Doug Baldwin. (laughs) Doug Baldwin's obviously the receiver there that's going to get a lot done. But that, as I said, we've discussed that offensive line, receiving core, not a lot there. Um, And then on defense, I have Earl Thomas. Thomas, I think he's going to play the whole year. Between him and Bobby Wagner, I couldn't make my mind up. Yeah, Bobby Wagner. Yeah, I just picked Earl Thomas because I want him to get traded to the Cowboys. All right. That's a dollar two. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's um, that's it. That's it for the West. That's it for the West. So, so we next got, week, AFC West, and that's it. And then the division's done, and then we're going to go into our huge prediction show. Yep. Which can't wait. So just so everyone knows what's happening, Richie, obviously everyone knows Richie, he'll be back for the, from the prediction show. He'll yep. be back permanently, full-time. Uh, Dan's going to go into more of a producing role. Yep. We have got massive plans planned for the, for the season. I think it's really exciting what we've got going. Yep. So we're all pretty excited. But I think, yeah, the big one was just can't wait to get going with Sporting Globe on a Sunday night too. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. Um, thank you, everyone, for who is watching live for all the questions and that. Thank you if you're listening in Australia or the Netherlands. Mainly the Netherlands. The US. Thank you. <laughs> uh, as always, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, 
Um, you can follow each of us on Twitter. They're up on the screen at the moment. You're at Jarther6594, and I'm at the Dan Stewart. Um, anything else you want to add? No. Um, everyone who bought a T-shirt, they'll be arriving late next week. Yep. Uh, so excited for that. But yeah, no, I just... Loving it, guys. Everything's really going in the right direction for us. We've got a bit of a rejig of the studio in the next couple of weeks for our prediction show. Yep. And then we're uh, we're ready to go. Very exciting times ahead. So thank you again, everyone, yes. for your support, your likes, your shares, your comments. It, it means a lot to us. To the way we have gone in the past, what, three or four months, since really since we started doing these live videos, the way the studio has progressed, um, thanks to guys like Lewis and James and, and Darren who do the all the podcasts for us, anyone who commits. Sean Walsh did a great article on the Jets for us this week. Yep. Um, Richie, he'll be back next week in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, everyone who's been a part of it, we thank you very much and we feel like we're really heading in yep. the right direction and it started with um, starting with the Sporting Globe and hopefully that just leads to bigger and better things. So again, thank you everyone out there. We really do appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And uh, this week, don't go chasing the field goals. Thanks for listening to the NFL Podcast, brought to you by the Vault Studio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more, head to www.thevaultstudio.com.au. And for the latest news, search for the Vault Studio on Facebook and Twitter.